Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Oh, buddy. Oh, oh, baby. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast on this beautiful Thursday. What I assume is going to be a psychological experiment for the remainder of the year. How many of these can they do per week? Still two? They're going to do it all through September? Really? Yes. It's still the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon because no one else has the stones to go live to talk about this terrible New York Yankees team, I guess. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. We are not really going to be talking about the action on the field in this Atlanta Braves series. Uh, they took a one nothing lead in the first game. They started the first game with runners on the corners, one out, I think. And I was out. I was running home. So I, I watched the highlight. Yankees tweeted it out. I think they're like, on the board in the first or whatever. And as the highlight was loading they allowed a game-tying home run to Austin Riley. So I was watching the highlight of them taking a lead as they squandered that lead. And from that point forward, nothing happened of any kind that really merits mentioning. So this is the, per Katie Sharp, third time in franchise history, the Yankees had a combined zero runs and five hits or fewer in any two-game span within a series. Happened in 1916 against the Red Sox and 1914 against the White Sox. Mm. Aaron Judge keeps saying, you know, it's on us. It's right there in front of us and whatever he keeps saying. And I guess they're running out of stuff to say. And I don't even know how you get mad at Aaron Boone at this point for just being like the 2019 Nationals were in bad shape. Like, you say whatever you want, dude. Like, I don't think there's anything he could say to motivate these people that isn't just somebody should raise their hand and be like, you guys know that what you're doing is embarrassing. Right. And like, maybe that'll help. Like, do you, do you guys read like media? Like people hate what you're doing is hated. People hate what you do. Like, I guess that, you know, somebody maybe should say that in private, but in public, I don't know what else you want them to say. They didn't score. The, the Braves weakness is starting pitching. The Braves strength is offense. The Braves won five, nothing and two, nothing over the last two games of the series. The Yankees did more than enough pitching to win the third game of the series. Didn't, Yankees could have squeaked out the second game of this series. Didn't. Uh, it's a terrible baseball team, and I'd like it to end. So we'll talk about moves that would actually make you – what would this team have to do to make you excited about 2024? There's a way because 
they're not gonna reset to zero, right? They're not, maybe they should, but they won't. So what could they do that would actually get you jazzed? Our minor leaguers finally on the way Friday because that date has passed the service time manipulation zone. Fans want to boycott against the Red Sox this weekend. I would say don't do that. Stop going to games next week. Go to, go to this weekend's games. Because I don't, I don't know. Some, some of you seem to want to see the Red Sox in the playoffs. I would say uh, you should probably go to these games and try to make sure that doesn't happen. And I guess we probably have to talk about Ben Ruda from the Yankees minor league system too, saying that they no longer teach you baseball uh, which is a pretty important uh, aspect of the sport of baseball. Baseball is a, a crucial part of baseball. Uh, always has been, always will be. So uh, make sure to find us live here, Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock, as well as on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, the big three, as well as the lesser ones that your weird aunt uses. We're there too. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. You got a special offer for weird aunts everywhere. Yeah, Yankees fans and haters, we know you here. We know you're enjoying it. Um, Have you signed up for DraftKings yet, though? If you're a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following three easy steps. Create an account, deposit some money, place a $5 wager on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will receive $150 in bonus bets right in your account. And you can use that for whatever you want to do. All you have to do is use the code YANKSGOYARD when you sign up. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Cannot stress that enough. Give us a call if you have any issues with that. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer. Three runs in three games for the Yankees. This team is great. I do wonder, I do wonder, however, if they actually exist. And if they didn't exist, then we don't have to do this anymore. Last night I was uh I felt like the lady on the plane pointing at the Yankees going these you're not even real. You're I mean they're not. I I I no shame, right? No. Oh, it's me in front of God. Only God can judge me, right? Last night what did I care about? I was watching the Red Sox Nationals, a whole mm. lot closer than Yankees Braves. Who who could who could care and we can yeah, good job by the Nats coming back on the Red Sox bullpen. Thanks Nats. Big dub. I'm like out here rooting for the Blue Jays. Like I, I just don't. I, I the season's over. Like what am I doing? If, if the Yankees want to, fact that I tweeted it tongue in cheek last night. Yankees want to go on a massive winning streak. Like yeah, playoffs are ahead. They can cool. playoffs. I don't trust the Blue Jays. The Yankees won 11 in a row. They'd be in the playoff race, but they they lose every single day. So <laughs> that like if that continues, if they like. They keep losing every single game they play. Then no, I don't think they really have a good chance here. Um, take temperature of the room, the two man room, just two people in the room right now. Uh, people are yelling online about the Yankee streak of not finishing below 500 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wrote a long column about this today because it's starting to piss me off a little As bit. You should the discourse around like what Yankee fans should be thankful for and whether they are allowed to be angry at this streak potentially ending here's the multi-prong a lot to cover here but bottom line um when they failed in the playoffs from 2010 to 2022 most of those series against their arch rivals i i was laughed at and, and rightfully so when the yankees lose people yeah. laugh at them that's how it works yankees lose to the rays very funny Yankees lose to the red sox hilarious if you hate the yankees yankees lose to the astros again like huge big playoff failures people had their fun and i get it you got to go hand hand up hey we lost thanks for bummer that you're laughing at us but someday hopefully we'll get you back 
now that the Yankees are about to finish under 500 this year, or this is the latest in a season they've been under 500 since 1995, it's the worst 60 game stretch. They're 24 and 36 worst in any single season since 1992. Those are, those are a long time ago, but now I'm getting people being like, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to hate this. You're, you're not allowed to complain about this because you've had it so good for too long. I had it great when my team was choking in the playoffs every year and you were laughing at me. Like, you don't have to pay attention to Yankee fans whining and complaining, but they have every right to whine and complain about being worse than they've been in 30 years and hamstrung by a payroll uh, and a, a management team that seems to be going backwards. goes back to what I always say. Uh, Yankee fans used to say 27. Or when the Yankees would lose in like 2001 or 2002, they'd be like, we, we still have 27 rings. And people would be like, that's so stupid. You weren't alive for those championships or whatever. And now the Yankee fans are like, what I'm watching blows and I'm sad. People are like, you have 27 rings. You should actually shut your mouth. It's like, okay, well, what is it? Like, it always goes back to that. Um, And then on on top of everything, you know, never being under 500 since 1992, I would take an under 500 every once in a while if it meant better chance competing for a World Series, better chance at a year and a half reload. Like, I'm not proud of going 84 and 78 every year from 2013 to 2016. That was the worst. That left us stuck in between. That left us too old and talented to suck, but too you know, too terrible to actually make any waves. And that was the worst. That was like an NBA team that's 41 and 41 every year. Would you tell a 10 seed in the NBA that they're conceded and they shouldn't be allowed to complain about the roster construction? Give me a break. So uh, you can, it's two separate things, right? If you want to tune out Yankee fans whining and complaining, that's, that's up to you. You do not have to engage with them because in a vacuum, Yankee fans being like, damn it, we're 500. Definitely sounds bad to Cubs, Reds, Guardians, Middle America. Like, nobody wants to hear Yankee fans complain about being 500. But they're about to embark on potentially a long drought here that things do not get better immediately year over year just looking at what they're stuck with and how hard it'll be to get away from some of these problems. So this is the beginning of a streak of probably disaster. We see that coming, and so do you, even if you don't want to admit it. But all you have to do is treat Yankee fans as humans, humans who are allowed to think and act and feel the way that humans naturally do when presented with something they love falling apart. Like you don't have to engage with it at all, but if you can't see why Yankee fans are upset, that's disingenuous. Yeah. It's, it's just not being realistic with the, the, what's happening at the moment. It's an arbitrary stat. The, the, the above 500 thing, right? Like you've, how many Yankee fans have you ever heard tout it? How many Yankee fans have been like, we've been over 500 since 92, baby. I've never seen it on a shirt. Nobody cares. Yeah. There's 80, 80, 83 wins, anywhere between 83 and 88 wins. It didn't guarantee you a playoff spot for a a very long time. Do you remember everybody fist pumping in 2014 when they finished 84 and 78? You remember everyone was so hyped because they were over 500? (laughs) No, that was a dull team. uh, That was again, stuck in the middle that allowed them to make no progress year over year. Yeah. Think about NFL teams that are nine and seven, eight and eight. That's like, that's really where, you're just mediocre. You're finishing maybe second in the division. You're right out of the wild card spot. Um, you're not good enough to be anything of note. You're just not an embarrassment. Um, and yeah, it's pretty cool that we haven't necessarily been an embarrassment. But at the same time, if we were to you know gauge uh, gauge the barometer here, the Yankees are an embarrassment if they are around 500 or missing the playoffs for what they have at their disposal. So it's all about comparisons. Like 
yeah, of course, it probably sucks to be a Royals fan and a Guardians fan for the most part. The organizations don't spend. They're happy with whatever it is. And that's that. That's just the end of the conversation. That's the reality for some franchises, and that's a bummer. And yes, day in and day out for Yankees fans, it's really fun every single year going into a new season being like, you know what? Could be the year. And then you end up fooling yourself and you're an asshole in August like we are right now. But at the very least, that I would say is the only thing at this point that we may have over you know more downtrodden franchises that don't have the opportunities sure. that we do. Although... Um, you know, Kansas City, World yeah. Series 2014, World Series champion 2015, Cleveland, World Series 2016. Like, yes, in the expectations for a new season, for sure. But those yeah. teams uh, have have felt more recent. They've gotten over the hump more recently than the New York Yankees have, which, again, I was told was really embarrassing. And now I'm being told, like, don't you remember 2018 fondly? And it's like, no, I, I would love to. I would. Don't you know how grateful I would be? to be a fan of a team where I could sit back and honor a hundred win team. Like any other city would honor the 2019 Yankees for winning 103 games. And in New York, I, I spent that offseason being told uh, your team is an embarrassment. It sucks. And what, like th this is, it's also, you're trying to make sense of it all. And you're sitting here wondering, like if you root for a baseball team, you spend a lot of the year, following the baseball it's a 162 game season it also if you're a baseball fan you're probably a fan of other sports so whether it's the nba 82 game season whether it's the nfl 17 games but spans over the course of six months whether it's nhl it's another 80 something game season like you're investing a lot of time watching sports teams at the end of the day you might sit back and you say hey this is trivial this is a giant waste of time but wouldn't you rather in one or two instances just be able to write off a season a couple months in oh, it's the to best. just save yourself the time. And I'm not saying that I ever want like willingly want to do that. But if the Yankees who have the payroll that they have, have the stature that they have, have the talent that they have are not going to seemingly take it seriously or not use their power to right wrongs that they should be able to, then why are you dragging me into August? Can I just be done in June? I'll still follow you, but like, I don't have to watch four games a week. I don't have to sit there for the, 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 to sit through the ninth inning to make sure that they're shutting the door on the Marlins on a Sunday afternoon, which they're is not, they're game. not shutting the door. They're not going to do it. So like, yeah, at some point being a fan, first world problem is taxing to, a, to a certain degree, especially if you're a multi-sport fan. And if you're a baseball fan, it's even worse because it's, a daily grind there, as you've seen this season with the Yankees, there is a new low there. Every game, there's a new stat. There's a new quote. There's a new injury and it doesn't, it's unrelenting. So that's why at, at some, at a certain point, you're, you're willingly upset because you're sitting here. You're spending all of this time watching this team, doing all the analysis and I'm not saying we know better than anybody in the front office, but like some of the problems are right in front of everybody's face. And that's when it really gets frustrating because you as the fan know what's going on. You as the fan know what to diagnose because again, you're spending all your time watching the team. You're spending all your time listening to the post-game interviews. You're spending all your time on these stat pages, looking up advanced metrics or whatever it is. And then the people in charge are clearly 
deviating from whatever the simpler solution is. So that's why we're mad. It's also embarrassing because once again, it's a top three payroll. It's playing. They they were 17 in ESPN's power rankings today, updated as of yesterday, as of this morning. Um, I think that's generous. Yeah, how are they not in the 20s? I think it be because then the precipitous dip comes with the Angels and the Mets. Oh, there are so, so like, many bad major league teams. Yeah. I, there, there are a lot. Yeah, so like, yeah, it would suck to be an Angels fan too. I, I get it. Like, but the Angels aren't the Yankees. The Yankees are a different breed. And yeah, like we we had the, the dynasty. Also, everyone forgets we were 10 years old. Six to ten years old. Fun times. Fun times as a kid. I got to, you know, be in fourth grade. Tell you know the other Red Sox fans to suck it. That was great. But um, now I'm an adult man, um, and it's a little bit more difficult, uh, especially going through the drought and being cognizant of everything that's going wrong. Yeah, we participated in one World Series since I turned twelve. Like, I don't know, it's it's not the same team. It's not the same team that no. people hate. It's like the no. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, like <laughs> literally. Thank God they won the 2009 World Series because then you'd be seeing some really dangerous dark, fan nonsense. Dark, dark um, I mean, you're already seeing like people quote tweeting a picture of Aaron Judge smiling, being like, "I wouldn't be smiling right now while you're losing a baseball game." It's like that's already dangerous and toxic and gro- and and just flat out insane. Like, I'm glad that a TV camera caught a couple Yankee players sharing a private joke during funny? a bat. Do you want them? To, I mean, honestly, though, some people just like. I don't know. Do you do you hate your jobs or do you sit at work all day with a scowl in case a TV camera catches you having a joke with your buddy? Like the expectations are absurdly unreasonable, but it, it's a terrible baseball team right now. Terrible. And terrible. It, it probably probably will be into next year unless they make some serious changes. Well, let's let's build to that. Like, let's oh. go all the way through because sure. I think. Uh, Friday, probably, I mean, I, I, I had my eyes open today, but I guess they're not going to do anything. This is the inflection point. This is the date where, uh, service time manipulation no longer counts. Uh, and, and Oswald Peraza has nothing to do with that. Cause he's already been up and down and up and down, but Everson Pereira is the big name this year where they've made it clear that he's a left field option that they would consider, but obviously they wouldn't consider it until they're six and a half games out of a playoff spot. Thanks for considering. That's really nice of you to do so. But now he probably won't get to the thresholds that make this his rookie year. So it's more likely than not he's called up between today and tomorrow. Probably. Now, that's lipstick on a pig a little bit, but it's valuable lipstick. Yes. uh, Because we actually need, maybe need him for next year. Still need a left fielder for next year. You look at the free agent crop, which we'll talk about in the moves that would make you excited section. Man, there is jack shit going on in free agency this offseason so it's probably if they don't find an internal guy if it's not Pereira if he doesn't impress you and it's going to be Dylan Carlson then it's going to be a cardinal like because there are not a lot of free agents you you'd sign and plug in immediately and say there fixed it like Jock Peterson's an option they're out there but there's no home run or well, there's one home run but there's, he, play, he plays right more field. pitching than anything yeah. really there's I mean, much more that. pitching but it's probably Pereira could play a huge role next year it yeah. would really matter for us to see him that said, um, God, it's just really hard to it's really hard to to get behind a team that's going to wait this long to to do something like this. Now, the other good piece of news, though, is they've waited long enough that they're basically out of the playoff race. They're not on the graphics anymore. They're six and a half out. It's unlikely they got to jump some people. Uh, quick show of hands in the room again. It's just the two of us hanging out. If they had to get rid of Billy McKinney at this point, would you? be as upset as you might have been on July 
15th or 20th. Like it's no longer really a hard move to make either. There's no one, none of the guys, Greg Allen, who apparently can't get on the field after we traded and ditched Aaron Hicks for him. He never plays. He just pinch runs for Giancarlo Stanton. A lot of the barriers to entry are now kind of like a big old shrug. Like, man, I do not care if this person's in the minors or gone. Uh, So there aren't really any difficult roster decisions anymore. There was just that stupid timing issue. And now we can maybe just go do it. Yeah, I mean, at the, we we talked about this before the deadline, just getting people off the roster that aren't going to be here for the long haul and seeing what we can get out of these guys who are at least somewhat ready. Like I would, uh, I'd bump up Austin Wells. That's what that's that's what I would do. Um, maybe not right now. Maybe in a couple weeks, or at the very least, for the last three weeks of September. Mister Four Hundred Seventy Foot yeah. Dinger, you want to see a little more of that? Yeah, probably makes probably makes sense um, in terms of. You know, uh, like, look, for example, for example, and this is what we were talking about for a while. You saw what Randy Vasquez did last night. Was it the most inspiring start? No, but he held his own against the best offense in baseball. If we had him in the rotation instead of Severino before Nestor Cortez went down, before Carlos Rodon went down again, you might have been able to save yourself a couple of games with a young player who is energized, who clearly has a talent, who also doesn't have a lot of tape on him for other teams to study, which has value in this day and age because you've seen it yourself. The Yankees get fucking bulldozed by any player making his MLB debut or his second or third career start. It happens all the time. So all it could take is one or two little tweaks here to not get this team. But I, don't, I, I do not care about this season. And if you do, God bless you. I I wish you. I wish nothing but the best for this team. Yes, Ti I, once said, "I respect that and salute that." I <laughs> I don't care. But we've watched enough baseball in our lives to know what the end result here is going to be. So, if they can at least energize themselves for the end of this year, put 2024 into focus a little bit, so then it could take off maybe some of the many offseason things that they have to do off the ledger. That's a win for everybody because guess what? That means fewer moves from Brian Cashman because all of his moves suck. So maybe he has to only make a couple instead of an entire laundry list of them. And secondly, then we have maybe a better future in terms of a couple of cost control players that will be able to have Hal Steinbrenner feel comfortable about opening up the wallet. Um, Maybe that gives them a little bit more confidence to offload some of these contracts in the offseason and eat some money. I don't know, but at the very least – you just have to get this started sooner than later, and you have to feel good about yourselves going into the offseason, and that's the baseline here. The absolute baseline is just feeling good about what's to come in 2024 and what moves you might be able to make without having to seem desperate in the coming months when whenever November hits. Uh, yep. When does so, November hit? When is November? Uh, it's the same length, same distance from now that it always has been. Um, I mean, November is the start of the real season. I, I, you're right. A good point on on being able to tune out just a bad season. It's tough. Like Yankees, it's obviously the toughest one. It's the longest one. It's the team with the longest track record. It's the one people want to talk about when the Yankees suck. Your friends who like other teams text you, man, your team sucks for sure. And <laughs> uh, when the Giants suck or the Rangers or the Knicks, like, oh my God, 25 years of that. Like, no one reaches out, like, hey, buddy, Knicks look bad. It's like, no kidding. Like, no, nobody's checking. There are no welfare checks during an uninteresting Knicks season. People just assume you have other hobbies. It's worse for the Yankees, though, because friends will be like, hey, what's like, what's going on? Like, yeah. what's happening? What's happening with them? And it's like, dude, 
I don't fucking know. At least for the Knicks, it's like, yeah, this team sucked for 20 years. Like, you don't have to ask me this question. You know what's going on. No. Yankees, all of a sudden, it's just like, they're going to finish below 500. They're going to miss the playoffs. Like, what's happening? I'm like, I mean, you haven't been in the weeds over the last four years, but could have told you this was happening probably in 2020, and now it is. So um, that's it's tougher to explain that than to just be like, yeah, my team sucks. It is what it is. Uh, we're going to see what happens, I guess, next decade. Yeah, I mean, it really, it it really, really stinks when when people are just trying to be nice and they're like, "What's going on with the Yankees?" And I just like, I think about them all the time, and I want to not be thinking about them, and I I almost text back all the time, just I'm like, "Please stop, just stop." It's so much or whatever. Sometimes I read back what I do say a day later, and I'm like, "Man, that was pretty rude. Like, yeah. that was not a nice text response." But you know what? That the hazards that come with the territory. <laughs> Um, I mean, you really want to talk about blowing gaskets unnecessarily, though. Well, look, I don't know who to believe. I don't know who's talking who, but it certainly seems like uh, the schism is opening up between the Yankees Ooh. minor leaguers and, and the people who uh, are responsible for their theoretical success. Look, good, conver- actual good conversation sprang forth from this. But Ben Ruda, minor leaguer, who some people are getting their timelines wrong. Uh, people were saying oh, analytics made him the player that he was at his best, and he did a good job of correcting this. Uh, For those who don't know him or remember him, he's not a very memorable Yankees minor leaguer. He was not a very good hitter in 2016-17, had the best year of his career in 2018. Then the Yankees implement this wide-ranging, overreaching, new analytics system in the minor league level, bring Dylan Lawson in to spearhead it and a bunch of other employees. 2019, Ruta gets a little bit worse. Ultimately, gets as he tells it gets demoted because his exit velo numbers don't match his production so they use his you know metrics against him rather than the actual production which you don't see that much in the minor league level like typically somebody's hitting 290 you're content to just let that ride but according to ben ruda they said your exit velo numbers aren't where they should be you're going back down which is obviously demoralizing uh the story he told was extreme was very embarrassing and was definitely painted to make the Yankees sound silly said that Dylan Lawson and the minor league instructors uh, played a game with them in spring training where if you walk, you get on base. If you hit a ball over 95 miles an hour, no matter where it goes, exit below, that's a hit. But if you hit a bloop or something softer, soft contact doesn't count. Uh, so just, all exit below all the time talked about how they were having people set up in their batting stances and see how fast they could throw a medicine ball. Uh, I don't know what that is, but cool. Uh, Most importantly, perhaps he said no base running, no fundamentals, no moving the runner over, no baseball instruction, just a camp drilling down on creating exit below. The counter is that the Yankees have been great at creating exit below since then, which is hundred percent correct. Uh, Driveline analyst went down yesterday and said, the Yankees are the top minor league team at, you know, many of these expected stats, et cetera. Counter to the counter, that production is not translating to the big league level. And before this podcast, I just read a great column uh, from somebody, EJ Fagan at Bronx Beat, the Bronx Beat podcast, about how when they're overemphasizing exit velocity, it is like a fool who cannot see the music but only sees the notes interpreting data. Essentially, they know exit velocity portends good contact more often than not, sure. so they teach it. However, they de-emphasize other things that might also create good content, but good, good content, good contact, but also don't good exit velocity. So you get to a place where people are swinging hard all the time because they know it's like a standardized test. When you are you're trying to pass a test in in eighth grade, you start teaching to the test. The Yankees teach toward the passing the exit velo test. 
Barker, but they forget to teach the intricacies of the game and you get people who are focused exclusively on exit velo at the next level when that's only a part of the puzzle. Brilliant column, and obviously schools stopped the standardized testing program so much because teaching to the test didn't benefit students. This doesn't appear to be benefiting major league players. There's a reason the Yankees prospects have a learning curve between double and triple A between triple A and the majors. Cause when breaking balls get better and they're still swinging and ripping to get that exit velo, they lose some of that natural touch that they had when they came to the system. All that to say, Ben Ruda definitely has an ax to grind. Analytics are not all bad, but another piece of evidence that it seems like the people who implement these things that the Yankees have hired are either A, old and out of touch and have been here forever, like Brian Cashman and Michael Fishman, or B, are way too focused on one element and are disregarding the larger picture. That's what it's constantly felt like. So I don't, I don't, I'm not taking Ben Ruda's comments as anything nefarious. We're like, well, like, what does he have to gain by commenting on a live YouTube video of foul territory? Oh, it's a bit what like, Ben Ruda is going to yeah. lose his job. Like FYI, he's already out of baseball. Yeah, like, exactly. He that to a couple people too. He's like, I went to San Diego and I, people were like, who are you? Like you fell apart or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I went to San Diego and I sucked. Baseball's hard. That's the point. Baseball's yeah. really hard. So when you laser one track mind, a bunch of young baseball players on a stat that is obviously good to produce. Harder hit, better than softer hit. But there are layers to this. And do you think, and how wrong do you think he is? Because the Yankees just fired Dylan Lawson, who was in charge. Who was, he was in charge of implementing all of this throughout the minor leagues. He was in charge of staffing a lot of people in the minor leagues. And now he no longer is with the organization. So clearly something happened to the point where the Yankees felt the need to stop doing this. I don't know why it took this long. I don't know why they decide to do it this abruptly. Um, that's where the process, that's where it all breaks down for me. It's like, you didn't detect this. And now all of a sudden we're cleaning house. Apparently say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Now you have, uh, we did we talk about the rebuttal to Ben Ruda? This guy Lance, Lance Brozdowski, he's on foul territory right now spewing. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Um, he's like the Bobby Althoff of the baseball world now. He's just like an industry plant coming in, it seems like, just to he's, start. Yeah, he's AI. He's on the yeah. Marquee Network. He's not a real he's, guy. He said, quote, the Yankees do an incredible job at developing the kind of hitters that have success at the major league level. Well, okay. Where are they? Do they just stop producing when they get to the major league level? Because that's what happened with the Yankees. They stop producing when they get to AAA. Yeah. Clearly, there is a disconnect here because there is value in this statistic or, or in this approach for a certain. Also, when you when you're talking analytics or any sort of approach on the offensive end, every player is different. So exit velo might mean more to somebody like Giancarlo Stanton, who is planted in the zone and is hitting balls in his swing path and is destroying them. It's different for players who hit for contact. It's different for players who, you know, have 
a, a longer uh, a longer swing or a shorter swing. It's all different. So the fact that they're trying to implement one thing across, um, or they're trying to implement one philosophy for all different types of hitters, it, it just it it doesn't make sense in any capacity in any line of work. You're not letting the player be the player. Um, it was kind of like the Davey Garcia conversation we had the other day. He had his own approach. He was not gifted with size for a major leaguer. Five foot eight, was he? 175? That's not the that's not your general prototypical size for a professional athlete. He had his own quirky windup that helped him get a little bit more velocity on his pitches, that helped him be a little bit more deceptive with his delivery. And it was successful up until he made his debut. He made he made six starts. Four of them were good. Two of them were bad. What do you expect from somebody making their MLB debut? And then the Yankees decided to fuck with that, and they messed with his mechanics. And now he's not with the organization anymore, and it took three years for them to figure out that what they did was wrong and how they put him in a completely precarious spot for his career, and they affected the long-term trajectory of the starting rotation because they thought they knew better with a player who was clearly unique in his own way. So you're going to tell me that there's only one instance, Lance, where you can implement a sort of hitting philosophy. Yes, there are very good hitters who are the product of this type of teaching. Not all hitters will be the, the top-notch product of this type of hitting. And there is direct evidence here to suggest that it's not working for the Yankees because the Yankees don't have any evidence to prove that. they have. We talked about it last week. We'll keep talking about it. Aaron Judge... Brett Gardner are the only two players with what more than 20 war that the Yankees have developed offensively in the more past than 20, more than 10, more than five. Yeah. The, the list of people, it goes judge Gardner. And then Anthony Volpe is the third most offensive war. The Yankees have processed through their system since 1998. When Brian Cashman took over, the only player in the middle is Austin Jackson, who did all of his major league productivity elsewhere seattle where was he seattle detroit, detroit uh, yeah. he was all around but, but he he broke out of detroit but yeah and then and then you um and then you look toward um the baseball element of it right ben ruda said they don't teach baseball fundamentals maybe that's an exaggeration maybe not but also what's the proof that you have sir as a fan watching this team base running errors out the ass people playing out of position and when they're playing, and, and even when they're not playing out of position, there's a lot of defensive gaffes. You had Kyle Higashioka drop a perfect throw to home plate the other day. I know that's not indicative of, you know, teachings on a defensive system, but like not sharp. The base running, not sharp. The stealing, not very good. Um, the, the list goes on and on. So if you want, and moving runners over, we how many fucking years has this been? The ghost runner was here in 2020. The Yankees, I don't know if the Yankees have successfully done sacrifice hit get runner from third home since the go you can look this up get katie sharp on the phone they have they have not done that once in four years so for him to say they don't teach baseball fundamentals i'm sure they teach them to an extent i'm sure it's not emphasized and you have to believe a part of that statement because what you watch at the major league level is the opposite of baseball fundamentals. And if you watch any show where there's pundits and former players, they are questioning what is, what is this team doing? Because this is not how you play baseball. Yes. Times have changed. Analytics have taken over the game. There are different elements to this. It's not going to be your average singles hitter getting the first stealing second, whatever, but that needs to be a part of the game. And it's not at all for the Yankees.
Look, Lance Brozdowski, with the, he's got the numbers, right? Everybody who wants to make the argument from outside the locker room has the numbers. Third and 90th percentile exit velo, number one in expected WOBA, bottom right. 10 pace rate cool. uh, for the four levels from you know 2019 to present or whatever his parameters are. But Ben Ruda says, uh, you know, you can't put an analytic on the mental side of the game, so it's just completely disregarded. All I said was you shouldn't be so lopsided either way. You need both. Yeah. Lawson not at fault. He taught exactly what he got hired on. They didn't put him in a great position. And then Lance Brzezowski goes, your perception of how they view the mental side is totally valid. Did not mean to disparage that. That is just such a classic modern argument. Guy in the locker room saying they damaged me mentally with the way that they taught the game of baseball. Guy outside the locker room saying, you're not correct. You're in the bottom 10 in bad swing decisions. And then guy inside the locker room saying, you completely missed the part where I said they ruined my brain chemistry. And then guy outside the locker room going, very valid concern. Totally right. Like, hear you there. It's like, no, you were you were wrong. Guy, you know, guys literally saying from my position where I was, I got messed with. It hurt me. It, it, stu- it stunted me mentally. Yeah. It stunted my growth. So um, I, I guess, yeah, Dylan Lawson did what they asked him to. Um, it's not one size fits all and what they need. Maybe Dylan Lawson is producing that exit velo at the lower levels. They need somebody to get him. They, they need a bridge. They need somebody to get him from double A to major league baseball. Yeah. And they can't, can't you, can't you, I mean, it's been a long time since I've played baseball, Can but I? can't you teach these things and also teach the other elements of the game so yeah. that nothing gets disregarded so sure. that, Oh, look, look at this. Now we have, uh, you know, a team with an incredible ex woba and great exit velo, and, and they're making great swing decisions. And also, they know how to take you know proper paths on the base paths. And like we're 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 not losing running, hitting the ball, and moving runners over, et cetera, while we're teaching other things. Yeah, and like what also? How far is this teaching? Because you we just watched this series. Uh, I'd like to talk about the Braves for a minute because everyone just thinks now be the Braves. Why aren't That's you the Braves? Why, why, why are, are you, you all the idiot? Braves? Yeah. It is night and day watching them, and I sympathize with fans who are frustrated because the Braves attack strikes, the Braves swing early in the count. They hit strikes hard. And the the Braves hit strikes hard, and they make very good decisions when in tight counts. The Yankees do none of that. They don't swing early in the count, and if they do, it's they are fooled. They are not aggressive, and if they are, they are fooled. And then when it comes to them being in a tight count, 1-2-0-2, they're flailing, they're nervous, and it's resulted in, and you can't even argue to the contrary because they've struck out a billion times in this month already. They have set records for strikeouts this month already. So you look at the Braves and it's clear that whatever they're doing, it's a mix of everything. Ronald Acuna hits the ball fucking harder than anybody I've ever seen. He also is super aggressive, makes very good decisions. So like there is a way to have this be a multifaceted approach, but now on the other end of the spectrum, you can't just be the Braves. You, it, it, this the Braves were a laughing stock for just as long as the Yankees were, a, uh, you know, considered a dynasty. I would I, I would say the Yankees ended the Braves dynasty, started their own, and then were you know the cream of the crop of Major League Baseball. Got to some World Series, lost them. Yes, it's been pretty bleak since 2010, but the Braves were literally nothing until two years ago. And now all of a sudden, we're going to replicate that. Everyone acts like Alex Anthopoulos is God. Five of the best players on this team predate him. What is the Braves Foundation, too? Everybody who signs with the Braves donates money to the Braves. Exactly. Can somebody figure out what that is? Yeah, just... 
it's just, like we we have talked about it before. Like, why don't they like the Yankees have this extension policy? Why don't they lift that? Why did they only lift it for Luis Severino? Why did they only lift it for Aaron Hicks? Aaron Hicks. Um, also, the game has changed where like some of the players were comfortable. Matt Olson is from the Georgia area. Isn't Michael Harris too? Yeah. So like they were a little bit more inclined. Where's Spencer Strider from? Oh, he's a weird guy. Is he? Uh, hold on. Because I thought, yes, yeah, some of these were like hometown things where it's like, he I fucking Lemson, I think Sean Murphy is another local. Yeah. So like, yeah, three of these were like, we're from here. We want to fucking be here. Like, that's great. Also, like, oh, no, Sean Murphy's from Peekskill High School. <laughs> Peekskill. Is? Yeah, I had no idea. Oh, that. Yeah, I remember. That's why we were talking about trading for him because he was local. Essentially, yeah. and it didn't do it. Nope. Um, yeah, there's also like. There, there. You don't think other teams have tried this before? The baseball is in such a new age now, where the free agency years are valued more than anything. That's why if you're a Scott Boris client, you do not sign an extension, and it doesn't matter if your walk year is bad. We've seen it with so many other players. He'll just buy you one more year, get you a fucking comfy contract, and then the year after you'll get something big. We're seeing it with Cody Bellinger right now. I understand he got non-tendered, so it was a little bit different, but. He got himself a huge one-year deal. Now he's positioning himself for a long-term deal with somebody next year. That's how it works. The, the not easy thing to replicate. Also, the Braves hitting on all of these. The, the, the Padres gifting Max Freed in a trade because AJ Preller was going nuts for a bunch of years, and he's made a bunch. He's made a lot of ill-advised deals. Um, the Braves hitting on Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna um, in the international free agent market. Insane Spencer Strider. Um, even before Mike Soroka got injured, um, all the Austin Riley, all these, this doesn't happen. This is not, this is very unusual. And also none of it really took hold until two years ago. So now all of a sudden a team that was a laughing stock for 25 years that essentially switched roles with the Yankees when they were supposed to be the best team of a decade. Now, now we want to implement this philosophy. Like we're going from arguing that one certain way to teach hitters is the absolute, you know, it, it's the finite ends to a mean. And now we're saying, well, why don't we just like be more like the best team in the league? Wouldn't that be easier? That would be cool. Yeah, it'd be fucking great. But that's not how it works. The Yankees need a whole change in philosophy on so many different levels. And poaching one executive from the Braves is not going to change that. It's not, it's not even come close to changing that. It takes years and years to do that. So I'm sorry, but it's going to, it's, there's going to be a lot of undoing here before doing starts. Yes. Well, let's take it to the finish line there. But first, if you, again, have not signed up for DraftKings, you should with us. If you're a new user, you can receive up to $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. Create yourself an account, deposit money, then wager $5 or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still receive those $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use that code YANKSGOYARD. When you sign up, this offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. That takes us to the moves that would actually make us excited for next year if they happen. You know what? I thought this would be a fun thought experiment before I checked the free agent pool and saw that I don't like anybody. I don't like any of these people. There are very few free agent maneuvers that would genuinely make me excited. So most of these are just top-down replacements. You're right. It's going to take a while, yeah. but you got to start now. Um, the the analytics team, not anal- analytics doesn't have to go. The analytics team that works with the Yankees has to go or at least get shaken up. Uh, I don't think it's reasonable to say let's poach some, let's just poach a genius from the Braves and change everything, but we don't flex our financial advantage anymore 
on the field? Why don't we flex it off the field? We did with Matt Blake. We took the man who built Cleveland's pitching staff and said, we're going to pay you more to come here and build us one, two, and it's working. What happened to, do you think if the New York Yankees open up the recruiting pool and say, it's now on you to restore the most prominent franchise in the sport back to levels of greatness that people are going to be like, pass. I would rather continue working for the diamondbacks. No, people are going to come. I know that's a little bit of Yankees exceptionalism, but it's true. If they offer more money and say, come fix the Yankees, we can start a stream of smarter thinkers coming in from outside the organization. Um, and talked to Robert Murray a little bit on, on our show, The Baseball Insiders, and he talked about a, a 10-year rule that Theo Epstein has. You've been in one place for more than 10 years. You're going to get complacent. It is time to move on. Brian Cashman has been here since, you know, GM since 98. He's been here for even longer than that. Michael Fishman, 05. Gene Afterman, 01. Tim Naring, VP of Development, 07. You see this chart going around. These people have been here forever. I would prefer to gut this group. Most of my moves are gut people. Get rid of Aaron Boone, probably. Not not number one, but probably number three. Uh, get rid of Brian Cashman. Bring in a guy. Uh, you know, I've seen people talk about Amiel Sade from Arizona who was with the Red Sox. That's a fun person to poach. Someone, a future GM with GM experience. But just start getting geniuses. Um, you know, try to tempt people who've built other organizations. Braves, Astros, come on down, right? Stop running it back with the same guys. Um and then I don't know if you have any further thoughts, but in terms of personnel moves, there's there's precious little that makes me interested in next season unless you go out and get Juan Soto. Yeah, it's got to be that or Otani. You know, Otani's probably not happening. I am now I am for just playing more younger guys. We haven't seen an infusion of young talent on this team in a while. And when we did, it was a lot of bad luck. We had Andujar go down with a shoulder injury. Uh, Clint Frazier dealt with everything that um, he did over his tenure. Um, Greg Bird had that foot injury, and he was never the same after that. Like, obviously, injuries aren't the the the, the number one excuse here. But you're telling me that all these all these um, analysts and prognosticators are telling me that the Yankees system is better than we think it is. The Yankees have been trading out of the top end of their farm system for a while now to try and replenish the talent. Um, let like half of them come up or, you know, 30% of them come up and let's start building that way. And then you could spend your money a little bit smarter instead or of how, how about you be better. willing to lose it? How about you be willing to lose a trade that too so often? That like, too. Jesus Christ. Like, can we get somebody in here who could take a risk? Who's willing to say, you know, hand up, I beefed that one. Because when Brian Cashman tries not to lose a trade, he ends up losing it spectacularly. Frankie Montas, luckily, J.P. Sears, Waldachuk, these guys don't appear to be. Luis Medina can't cover first on a grounder. Like, these people are not lighting up baseball. So I guess that's a lose-lose. But he very obviously, people are saying he ignored a medical red flag. I don't think he's that dumb. I think he saw the medical red flag and said, oh, thank God, now I can surrender less talent. For somebody like Frankie Montas, and oh boy, his shoulders actually really beefed. Uh, and we all come out sort of split. Nobody's happy. Yeah. I think, what if we steal David Stearns from the Mets? Wouldn't that be sick? That it, would, that would be that would be uh, a thing that the Yankees would have done in, in 1996. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't, look, we, we, we could talk about this roster ad nauseum. We could talk about Brian Cashman ad nauseum. The fact of the matter is, um, is that they're, if they're going to keep Cashman, there needs to be some sort of change beneath him. 
whether that's the analytics team, whether that's we thought Brian Sabian and Omar Minaya coming in was a good idea. Um, I don't know if I haven't, ha- haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah, I don't know if we've had enough of a runway to d- defend or completely tear that tear that decision down. But like again, guys of yesteryear, I don't know if that's the answer. I know they're different philosophies, but it's it's uh, it's gentlemen who have been running front offices that were. 15, 20 years ago, not really the most applicable. Aaron Boone, you're right. Third or fourth problem on this list, but like I either want an old hard ass Jim Leland type managing my team, or I want a Carlos Beltran, Raul Ibanez type managing this team. Aaron Boone is directly in the middle with limited managerial experience, people pleaser personality. I don't know if it's working out. I don't know if it motivates anybody. I think the players feel protected because he knows they know he has their back, but like I don't know if they're actually motivated or challenged or um you know uh, willing to take on accountability because once again after the game you get swept by the Braves in three games you score three runs in three games and then Aaron Judge I can never criticize the guy but his last quote before signing off is it's right in front of us and it's just like why no why? I mean it was it was right in front of you a while back and now it's not anymore because you've lost you know, 34 out of 60 games. Like it's no longer in front of you. I just want honesty. It's the platitudes that have gotten me. It's every coach too. They, they strategically put these people in front of the media that are not really going to give you an answer that are not going to really be honest. Like the biggest outburst we've seen from Aaron Boone since 2018 was him pounding the table Mm -hmm. once. And there has been so much more reason to be mad at this team. There's been so much more reason to express fury. And I know that he does. I respect Aaron Boone because I I like what he does on the field. He certainly backs up his guys and take shit from any umpire. People will, you know, say that he's kind of Bush league for getting ejected, but guess what? When you feel like you've been wronged in a game, when you don't really have the room or bandwidth to be wrong, which the Yankees have not had for quite a while now, you got to back it up and he's done he's done a, a nice job doing that but we need more honesty with the media we need more players speaking up um to take accountability for what's going on we need a gm who takes accountability for making bad moves instead of Brian Cash and saying hey you know i hope we got better and i also hope that we maybe didn't get worse and i also hope that we can also make the playoffs hopefully that'd be great and it's like wait what what are you talking about Tell us that this team is not good enough. Tell us that there was nothing out there that you thought could improve this team. And tell us that you're challenging the guys in the locker room right now to band together and make the most of what they have for the rest of this way instead of saying, you hope maybe something might happen and also that something else might not happen because it's just exhausting at this point. Um, Well, Aaron Boone, like again, not the problem, right? But at the same point, like – he he gone like yeah. he, he's probably the most gone. He can't stay. He can't stay. No. And, and and you can only have someone who's not additive for so long. And you can only have someone who makes the players comfortable for so long when the players are not performing. Like comfortable in their own complacency at this point too. I, I don't I want to say like oh get rid of X, get rid of Y like when they come back like, there's no way they haunt us somewhere else. They're just like when we got rid of Gary Sanchez, we all wanted to non tender him. And look, it took him a year and a half. He was worse in Minnesota last year than he ever was in New York. He went to three organizations this year, and it took until he caught on with the Padres to just catch lightning in a bottle for a month. 
I do not blame the Yankees for cutting ties with Gary Sanchez. But there are so many players on this current Yankees team where I'm tempted to be like, let them go. They'll suck elsewhere. But now I'm kind of thinking, you know what? Maybe they won't. Like, maybe the toxicity is here. Maybe they're not done. For, like, is anybody what, – what is that? What is going on with Luis Severino? Is, is he hurt? Like, is, is it mental? Is it physical? I think he could find it next year. I don't think he's done as a major leaguer. Um, I, there are plenty of people on this current team who are struggling that I now do honestly think if we just let them go, if we cold-hearted sent them elsewhere, they would probably find another gear pretty quickly. Not all of them, but some of them. Uh, and I think Aaron Boone being non-additive and everybody being comfortable and knowing Aaron Boone will be back next year, so nothing we do has any bearing on his job status, right? I think that weighs on him a little bit in, in the wrong in the wrong way. I think Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo going to bed at the end of next year going, well, Booney will be back. We'll get after it next week. There's no harm, no foul. No one's losing their job yeah. here. Um, so now I think Aaron Boone's probably got to go. Uh, probably got to go. Definitely got to go. And and will go. And I think Aaron Boone is gone. And when this season ends, he will be the scapegoat. I think they are going mm-hmm. to rework the way that they teach at the minor league level. I think they are going to inject some new blood in the analytics department. Maybe I'm pie in the sky, but I really do. Um, and, and I think Brian Cashman stays and Hal Snyder stays. And we all have kind of a weird 2024, to, to be perfectly honest. But um, everybody's always on High and Bloom, right? And, and I also don't. I think High and Bloom's fatal flaw is not what people claim it is. People are just like, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't buy players. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know dick or whatever. But every year, the Red Sox compete, right? Yeah. This year, everyone thought they were a last place team. They managed to find people like Pablo Reyes and Yu Chang, and now they're in the wild card race. He does not get enough credit for doing things like that. His fault is when they are in the wild card race, he goes, well, this wasn't supposed to be a competitive season. So <laughs> you know, in, in our plans, in our grand plans, he has Cashman disease. He does not want to lose a trade. So it's like, all right, well, in our grand plans, we didn't intend to compete till next year, 2025. So no one will really care if we don't make a big go for it trade at the deadline. When in reality, sometimes you got to seize that window. It's like Yankees cutting payroll after 2017. They're like, we'll be here for a while. Eh, well, you'll kind of be floating around, but you won't really be here again. They never got closer. Uh, so I think Bloom deserves to be dogged for that, for yeah. not being able to have a sense of pivoting. But he is able to find gems every offseason. Think about the Red Sox who scare you. Think about how many people laughed at the Yoshida deal. Whoever scouted that is better than anybody the Yankees have in their <laughs> current operation. So it can be done year over year. You can get a bunch of uninspiring names and compete next year. It's possible. However, it won't start unless they decide to change their philosophy. Yeah. And what are, and and what are they going to change? Like the spending, figure out how you want to spend and when you're going to do it. You're afraid of taking on money. Then why are you taking on aging players contract? Why are you extending deals two years longer than they need to be? How Steinbrenner's only accurate quote is when people say he doesn't spend enough. And he's like, you shouldn't have to build a payroll over X to compete. He's right. You shouldn't. But Brian Cashman does have to because he already fucked this one up. Correct. And that's the luxury that we should have. So that's got to change. Um, I think just the like, I think, I think them bringing up Anthony Volpe was a, a move that wasn't really characteristic of this organization, which makes me think maybe, maybe, maybe things will change this offseason because typically the Yankees would have waited for him to develop in the minors. They had an easy answer to guard from that with Oswald Peraza. They mm-hmm. would have had an even easier answer if they had just signed one of the shortstops and said, 
you know, we're going to give him a couple, we're going to give him another year or two, and then we're going to move this guy to second or third base or whatever. So the fact that they were aggressive with Volpe and they played him every day and they haven't sent him back down, maybe that's the start of something, but it's always going to be too slow for our liking. Um, and I think this offseason, there needs to be quick about faces in 180s or else it's there's going to be a lot of trouble. Well, thanks for joining us for the trouble. This has been, I mean, this has been a more fun conversation or podcast than I ever thought it was going to be. Yeah, really. Because um, I, no, I had no fun on Monday and I had some fun today. Um, just if you're going to try to boycott games down the stretch, like if you don't want to go to games, I get it. I, don't, I wouldn't want to go either, but you 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 don't you want to knock the Red Sox out of the playoffs? I, I've yeah, talked to a couple of people. They're they're not in the playoffs right now, but they're in the race, and and their schedule is about to get harder. But they, honest to God, the Blue Jays almost swept them out of the race, and then they got Royals at home, Tigers at home, Nationals on the road, Yankees on the road. So if we want to be tomato cans too and prop up their record by just playing like dog shit all weekend and giving them a better shot at catching Toronto and catching Seattle. Then we can do that. But if you're trying to plan a boycott of some kind or teach somebody a lesson, not can yet. you just do it after this weekend. That, that's all I ask. Uh, I mean, the fact that we enter this on a long losing streak, it's actually interesting. Like maybe, maybe that'll motivate them. You can't maybe. lose forever. You also can uh, just maybe after this weekend. And, and, and by the way, I will never understand you not showing up to again. Oh, oh, like Hal Steinbrenner is never going to be like, we got to pivot. Jeffrey didn't come today. Like, come on, guys. Like, you're never going to clear out the stands at Yankee Stadium. It's a tourist attraction. You might end up with the worst people in the stands. You might end up with people Instagramming their milkshakes, but you're never going to have nobody in the stands. <laughs> and you're never going to decrease the crowd enough on a weekend in the summer where yeah. Hal Steinbrenner's like, wow wow, we got to get Cashman out of here. Like the lower bowl is empty. That is never going to happen. So if you want to boycott, if you want to stop buying chicken or whatever like chintzy gesture you think is going to make a difference that won't, just wait till after the weekend because it would be really nice to take one or two this weekend. The, the team is not team is not going to the playoffs, but it would be nice to win a game or two this weekend. Yeah, the one thing that we have left that I think we can all agree with is making sure the Red Sox don't make the playoffs. And you know what? If the Red Sox were way behind us and we were gunning for a wild card, like you think they're doing, would their fans boycott? Would they not show up to Fenway Park? Drunker than ever showing up to Fenway. Yes. So yeah, just go to the fuck. Don't you don't have to go to the games. Tune in, tweet about it. If if you happen to get free tickets or a good deal, go. Boycotting it is not going to do anything. If you've already got tickets, go. Like yeah. that don't or, or sell them to somebody who want people want them sell them to somebody yeah. who wants to be there. Like let's get the stands full ish of people who want to be at the baseball games this weekend. Please do. Last uh, last hope we have here. Or apparently, I mean, maybe, maybe it's not baseball though. I don't know what they do at Yankee Stadium. If they're teaching, do you think any minor leaguers ever gone up to the Yankees and been like, so when does the exit velo ball game start? <laughs> Aaron Boone's like, no, 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 it's baseball here. They're like, wait, you got one of these, these wait, bases? Yeah, where where are you where are you guys going? Who's that guy? They're like, that's a pitcher. It's like, but we were just getting points for hitting hard line drives. Yeah, don't you get a point for a walk? Like, that's uh, Moneyball, man. They never should have made that a book. That should have been private. They definitely shouldn't have made it a movie. Why is Moneyball a movie? Yeah, so I I do love that movie though. Yes, I do. But like, what exactly is it? My wife likes it. She thought it was a good strategy for baseball, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it was, and now it's toxic. And now it's bad. It definitely was. It, it got Scott Hatterberg a job. And yeah, and good. But, <laughs> it has some feel good stories. And then it's just wage sh- suppression and bad business and 
stupid decision making and nothing funnier than Billy Bean coming up with it and then the Red Sox just being like yoink <laughs> we, <laughs> we make more money than you and so yoink and they're like oh man like the A is offering 1.2 million dollars people in the Red Sox are like okay what about seven and the person's like I'm gonna go play for the Boston Red Sox <laughs> yeah. and they're like oh okay the next un the next un you know touch frontier going to Las Vegas <laughs> <laughs> Where you gamble away your wages. Yeah, the next market inefficiency is leaving. Goodbye. Billy Bean runs out with an overflowing suitcase right to Tijuana. Um, well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Lively, lively comment section. Hope some of you come back. We'll be here every Monday and Thursday. We promise. We're to God. Might, might not always want to be, but we will. Uh, it's a bummer to have to uncork some kind of off-season episode on yeah. Thursday, August 17th. But we, we still did it. We do what we got to do. Um, and we'll see you back here on uh, next Monday. 2 o'clock Eastern, Thursday as well. Also on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, the good ones, the bad ones, they've all got us. Um, you can find our pod on all of those different stations. Um, I'll be on the road next weekend and next week. I'll still be podcasting. I'll still be here. I'll be in uh, New England. So checking out Ooh. our friends uh, to the north. Uh, spooky, scary. Hopefully the Red Sox lose a couple games. I'll, I'll be in Boston for the Yankee Sox series this weekend. Not fun. Never liked doing that. But again, I'll be on the beach, so hopefully I just will not be paying attention. I'll be paying the minimum amount of attention, but none of you boycott, please. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner if you'd like. DraftKings is the offer. The code is Yanks Go Yard. Thomas Carinante. Where can the people uh, find you on X? Come on down at Tommy's underscore takes. We're both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account. It's at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Read the content. We're having a good time. We appreciate you guys reading, listening, um, coming in for the streams, tuning in, commenting. Uh, it's a good community. We're, uh, we're commiserating together. And at the end of the day, uh, it makes it a little bit less lonely when the Yankees are playing like dog crap. So thank you again, guys. We'll talk to you on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern live right here. The least they could do is take two or three from the Red Sox. They're not going to do it, but it'd be really nice to make us just feel a little bit of something. People are talking to like this Red Sox series is unattainable. The Red Sox are pretty good. They're fine. Yeah. Like they're, yeah. they're, you know, they could easily embarrass you because they always do. And the Yankees are, are quite pungent right now, but somebody in another chat that I was in the other day was like, you got the Braves and Red Sox coming up. Good luck. And it's like, the Braves are a good luck. The Red Sox are like, yeah, they're in the wild card race. Yeah, they're, cool. they're good. You you, should, you could beat them at home. It'd be Level nice. Level up for a minute. Level up for one minute and you can beat them. Yes, you really. I mean, you might not, yeah. but you could. It'd be nice if you did. Um, Braves, no chance. Red Sox, you're, you're in that ballpark <laughs> if, you, if you play well. Um, all right. Well, that's it, everybody. We will see you again next week. Thanks for coming again. It was a joy to have all you your comment section. Please show up on the pod platforms too. Subscribe there. Like the video on YouTube. See you right back here. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.